welcome back to the next episode of the Cruciform Life. Again, here we are, the guys, Ben, Pat, and Mike. Uh, this week, we are diving into a little bit of Ben's personal story. Uh, hopefully, he keeps the uh, stories about me out of it, because <laughs> uh, there's many of them. But um, yeah, let's dive into to the good stuff here. So uh ben why don't you take us away um kind of fill us in a little bit kind of like what myself and pat talked about the last few weeks um just our personal testimony and uh, why don't you start with um the moment or moments leading up into um when you actually came to know the lord and uh called him your you know your personal savior for me um you know, I, I'm I'm humbled to to talk about myself. It's not something that I thoroughly enjoy doing, um, at least not in this this type of setting. Um, but I think that for me, leading up to my salvation, um, I was a kid who was raised in the church, um, and I knew a lot about God. Um, I knew a lot about who He was, um, and you know what what he did, but I was really, a lot of times I was interested in what he could do for me. Um, I think that I spent a lot of my years as a child, um, pondering about God and, and thinking about him, but never truly taking the time and the, the, having the understanding of learning about him. I was almost kind of wanting God to learn about me. And I think that, you know, fast forwarding the nitty gritty details of elementary school and high school for that part, you know, I was someone who battled a lot of, uh, you know, loneliness and, um, you know, I had a lot of, you know, I had a lot of solid friends. Um, the only thing is I feel like my wife and I talk all the time what it seems like I felt like I never knew a Christian in high school or anything like that. I felt like I was on an island. And I feel like I, you really couldn't even call me a Christian because I had wrestled all the time with, if I died tonight, where am I going? You know, I, I knew of God, but I still had this feeling like I, I don't really know him. And I I felt like when I, I had a solid group of friends that, you know, the a lot of the same kids, we all hung around, we all you know, spent time together, but I didn't know what felt like a single Christian kid other than the kids that I went to church with. And none of them were in my school district. Um, you know, my wife and her little brother might actually be the, the, her family might've been the most, uh, you know, religious family that I was around. And, you know, going into college, I went to pharmacy school right out of high school and, um, I, I really struggled. I struggled a lot in life there. I struggled because um, I had always been on my own in terms of being an only child, but I, I was never someone who, you know, learning wasn't necessarily easy for me. I feel like I was a smarter kid, but I was lazy. And that's, that's, the, that's the truth. I was lazy in high school. I was the kid who I <clears throat> didn't want to do a lot of the, the hard research. I didn't want to do a lot of the harder assignments. Um, you know, but I, I was a hard worker. Uh, I worked a lot outside of school. I had two jobs and I really, um, my worth was a lot in like my work. And, um, 
I went to college and really struggled there. As I just said, I, I was lonely and I felt like I had zero purpose. And it was a hard thing for me to reconcile because there was this point when I was in high school that I started to feel like God was calling me and saying that he was giving me this desire to actually be a pastor. And I had no idea how I was going to reconcile that because I'm thinking like, dude, you, you don't even love God, let alone you're talking, you're making me feel like I want to be a pastor. But I, you know, in pharmacy school, I had no idea what my purpose was in college. And I ended up basically to sum up seven years of education in a little podcast. I was, or one question in a podcast, I basically flunked out of college twice. Um, and you know, due to academic reasons and some other things, like was basically almost forced out. And it wasn't until I hit rock bottom in college that God truly gripped me and showed me who he was. And I was saying like, God, why would you lead me to this college? Why would you lead me to all the things that you led me to just for me to flunk out and be left with all the student loan debt? And, um, I, I got another shot and I ended up completing it. But while I was there, I, I really found myself in a tricky situation at, at, the, at work where I was interning. And um, God used that season to, to humble me and I really hit rock bottom. Um, I lost my internship and I really, uh, that was when God started drawing me. Um, and I went through this phase of, reading the book of Job. And the the problem that I look back now on is that I was still reading that book in the Bible. Like I am Job, like I am the one who's suffering. And I'm reading about how, you know, God took Job through everything. And, you know, basically in a way, I don't want to make light of what happened, but I was kind of skimming, like almost like, all right, God, tell me like, you're going to make this good again. Tell me you're going to make this, you're going to make it all work together for me. And, you know, you're, you, I realized that I still wasn't necessarily seeking God for the right reasons, but God did. He moved in my life and he ended up wrecking my heart and he started a process of getting me connected. I, I, actually started going to a church that's not the church I currently go to. And, um, it's, you know, I would say probably considered a mega church. Um, but that started the process of getting me back on, you know, track following God. And I was coming home for the summer and actually a a childhood friend of mine had said, you know, you should really come check out, uh, this youth ministry that I go to. And, um, I did. And, that's actually where I ended up, um, you know, running into my, my now wife who grew up Catholic and was at a non-denominational youth group on a Wednesday night. And I I was just befuddled when I saw her there. Um, but God really wrecked my heart over that summer in 2012 and, um, you know, showed me that he's not living for my glory. I'm I'm living for his. Yeah. And, um, you know, I ended up going back to college that fall semester and meeting Mike and getting plugged in at the Albany campus of our church. And, um, really, 
you know, God has shown me so much over the years in those first few years of re, you have to almost like, we talk about renewing your mind almost daily. Yeah. You know, but like I had to really renew my mind because of theology that I had all of my life, like knowing of God and knowing from the church that I went to, but like literally it is, it is detrimental when you think that God is here for you. Yeah. You're not, we're here to, to, to honor God and glorify him. And I had to really renew my mind and even finishing college. Um, it was, it was a, a long, long point. And obviously it, it, it worked out because God is good, not because I was able to do anything, you know, but leaning on him and learning to lean on him and learning to trust him through that, you know, and then fast forward to, you know, the rest of everything, it kind of became history, you know, in 2014, finally graduated and, you know, went out on rotations, got licensed and got engaged that year. Um, and in 2016, got married to my wife and we have a, a you know, wonderful marriage that's been filled with ups and downs, but everything about our marriage has been to glorify God. And that's, that's truly our lives are truly, we are living for his purpose. And, you know, our pastor has a funny saying that I haven't heard him say in a while, but you know, how can a turtle get on a fence post other than God? And I literally, that I feel like that's the tagline of my life is I'm a turtle sitting on a fence post, just living life, man. It's by his, by his glory that I'm here. And I'm, truly passionate to just serve him and follow him and love him. And, you know, uh, you know, I think that that college was a big pivotal moment to my salvation. Um, and you know, another one that kind of jumps off the page for me is even just a few years ago, walking through a very dark, a dark season of isolation. You know, we, my wife and I had our first son in 2017 and, um, got pregnant fairly quickly with our second and um you know you you you're not ready for that that challenge of a second child you know one's one's enough but the the second it it definitely puts another another uh strain kind of in the midst of everything and i feel like i was very selfish um i was I, I've looked back on this situation. I, I've said this in counseling. You know, I, my wife sent me this article that was written by this 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 wife and mother, and she was writing this article to her husband, and it was an apology, and it was an apology for all the ways that she has, you know, her husband has to share her with her kids. And I will never, I will never forget when I, my wife sent me this. I was. I broke down. I was crying. I was like, man, like this article gets it. This article, like this woman, she got it. She's apologizing to her husband. Like that guy's got to share her with the kids and all this stuff. And God literally wrecked me because I realized what a prideful wretch I could be forever sitting here and making my wife feel like that she has to apologize to me for being a mom my wife literally, she shepherds our home when I'm not there. She takes care of three kids that literally she has no break. She has no, you know, our wives, all of our wives, they have no break. They have no, except for when we're there. They literally, no 
our wives should not have to apologize to us for doing the work that we could never do. And I yeah. like I have no problem yeah. saying I'm a man that is well aware of my my weaknesses and my strengths. And my weakness <laughs> is definitely spending all day, every day with my kids because I don't know them like my wife does. And I want to. I want to be the best father. And that's why I'm doing this. That's why we're all doing this. So I want to be the best man of God. Um, I think that, you know, God really used that dark season in my life to turn my life upside down again to, to say, this is about me, Ben. This is your, your life is literally all about me. And, and I think back to, there's, um, a movie that I, I truly love. It was found foundational in my life. It's called American gospel. Uh, and there's a part where I don't know if it's in the first or the second, they're talking about uh, a national television host who had this moment in, in church where the pastor was preaching on God being jealous and she kind of walked out of that. Like, why would God be jealous of me? And that ended up, you know, causing that person to leave the church. And I, I sit here and I have this reaction because God used that dark season of my life to show me how sweet his jealousy of me it actually is. Like he's jealous of my adoration and my love because he's given me so many great blessings. He's given me my life that when you look at the trajectory of my life from when I was in college to where it is now it is solely because of God. And I, yeah. I like, I would say that I have argue, arguably the, the most wonderful life there possibly could be. I, yeah, there's day-to-day sufferings. There's day-to-day things that go wrong. There's, you know, bills that need to get paid. There's how the heck are we going to fix this? How are we going to do this? We've had a flood in our kitchen. We've had, you know, different things that have happened, but at the end of the day, we have one another and more importantly we have Christ yeah. and and that that truly has been a, a a rock for our home the the faithfulness of the lord has been something that you know i i'm open and honest that i i re- really really duff it many times i i i come to mike and pat quite frequently saying dude i'm i'm an idiot I, I say it to the guys in Bible study almost every single time. I'm an absolute idiot. But it's because of the fact that I know what a beautiful Savior I serve yeah. and what a beautiful God we serve, and I want to get it right. And I think that we all do. And I think that that's the, that's the heart cry of this, that we have seen the wisdom and the, the beauty of the cross and what Christ has done and why our whole life is meant for his glory. You know, I think that we've all had seasons where we've tried to put ourselves in, in the Bible and into the stories and, and into the, 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 the scripture. And, and we've tried to become the hero. We've tried to become the person the Bible's about, but it's not about us. It's about Christ. And right. I feel like that has been something that, God has continuously tried to take me through and, and teach me and, you know, coming out of that dark season of my life, I feel like it, it really, really, you know, meant it, it changed everything. It changed everything for my life. Um, it, it 
allowed me to serve God with a proper understanding. It and it more importantly allowed me to serve my wife and my children with the proper understanding of how I well, at least how I know it's supposed to be done and still struggling to do it every day. But, you know, I'm really thankful to God for that and you know, I, I think that that was one massive word vomit where I took three questions and put it in one, but you know, yeah, no, that that was really good. And, uh, you know, definitely can glean a lot from that for myself. And I'm sure to some of you who are listening can definitely relate to a lot of Ben's story. And, um, he's right. He did answer all the questions that we were ready for him. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think a lot of what you said is, like I said, is relatable and it's so good. It's so true that this life has to be all about Christ. You know, that, like you said, Ben, um, that, that you set your family on the rock of Jesus because nothing else in this life is like Jesus and everything else will falter and, and, and fall away to the storms of life, except Jesus, our rock. And I, I loved everything that, that you said, Ben. I mean, you said it perfectly. That's why we love you because <laughs> that's of true. who you yeah. are and <laughs> you wear it on your sleeve and you're unashamed of, of your past, of who you are, your struggles. And it's evident how much you love God and how much, um, you know, you see the importance of, uh, him in your life daily. It's, it's, it's evident. That's why I look up to you. That's why, you know, we're best friends. You know, that's, that's why, um, you are who you are. Um, and I just thank you. So we'll close in prayer guys. I just, I thank you for this time. I thank you for Ben for, for sharing his story. And, um, I just pray Lord that, that even if it blesses one person, God, that, that it, it's, it's done its work. I, I, I thank you for just the opportunity to do this again, to, for all of us to share our, our testimonies and to go a little bit more in depth can just glorify you in all that we do and um, just kind of demonstrate um, how you have changed our lives and, and how we are striving daily to make you the center of our, of, of, of our life, God. Um, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.